This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. you want to do in us and through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, again, good morning, and uh, we are into the first week of December, and so we are kind of shifting our focus to Christmas. And we're in this series all month long called Unforgettable Christmas. And what makes Christmas unforgettable is who we celebrate, the birth of our Lord and Savior, the hope of our life coming to our world. When uh, we begin to kind of uh, focus our attention on Christmas, on the, uh, this time of year, The stories of Jesus' birth in the Bible, we run into a word, right, kind of in the beginning that doesn't seem to always match up what we typically think of when we think of Christmas. That word is witness. Have you ever witnessed an accident? You're on your way to work or driving down a road that you have driven down so many times before, and then all of a sudden there is screeching tires and broken glass and crushed metal. In a day that started out like so many other days is now so very different. If the accident is uh, bad enough, if there's some question about who's at fault. Is it him? Is it her? Is it them? Then you're called as a witness. You go into court and they say something like, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Right? At least that's what they do in the movies, right? And even though that you are sure of what you saw... There will undoubtedly be people there who question you. There will be people who uh, saw things from a different angle, that saw them in a slightly different way. You're a witness. You're a witness to what happened that day. John the Baptist 
is the first person we meet in many of the Gospels, especially in the Gospel of John, which we're going to be in today. He's called a witness. I know there's just a couple of weeks to Christmas. We're kind of, uh, our minds are thinking about uh, gift lists and parties and decorations, or we're at least thinking of maybe traditional uh, uh, biblical images of this time of year, mangers and wise men. But in each and every gospel, nobody gets to Jesus before they get John the Baptist, before they get the witness. In fact, in the Gospel of John, this is going to get confusing, but not the same John as John the Baptist, John the disciple who wrote this part of the Bible, who's writing about John the Baptist. There's no story of Jesus' birth at all. It starts off with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then we get this introduction, this announcement of John the Baptist. The witness who comes to prepare the way. John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, and then I'm going to jump down to 19. There came a man who was sent from God, and his name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to question him, to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but he confessed freely. He told them freely, I am not the Christ. And they pushed on, they asked him, then who are you? Are you kind of a prophet of old? Are you Elijah? He said, no, I am not. Are you a prophet then? He said, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer. Give us an answer so we can at least take it back to those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet. I'm the voice. The voice of the one calling in the wilderness, make straight your paths. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees, some religious leaders of the day who had been sent, they questioned him more and they said, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, if you're not Elijah, if you are not a a prophet? He said, I baptize with water, but among you stands one You do not know. He's the one who comes after me. The thongs of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. And this happened all at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. 
John the Baptist bears witness to the light. He isn't the light. He's the one who points to it. He testifies. He says, there it is. Can't you see it? Just like John the Baptist. We're called to do the same thing. To be people who point to the light. To be people who are witnesses. Christmas is this wonderful time of year. This time of year where we gather with family and friends. We buy gifts for one another. There's parties and decorations. It's exciting. But in John chapter 1, we learn that Christmas needs some witnesses. Christmas needs some people who point to the hope that is coming. The hope that has come Jesus. Christmas needs some faithful people who stand up and say, this isn't just a season of eggnog and lights on trees. Those things are nice. But what this time of year is really about is the coming of our Lord and Savior, the birth of hope in our lives. We should never allow ourselves to think that Christmas is about anything less than God entering our lives and changing us dramatically. In today's scripture from John chapter 1, God goes public. He comes into our world in this new way. He comes in as flesh. And he leaves it forever changed. And a witness named John points to that change. The light coming into darkness, it changes things. It brings light Sets a new world into motion. But the light needs somebody to point to it. Somebody to point it out. Someone to say, there it is. There is the change that I've been looking for. The change I see with my own eyes. Some today might be asking, okay, well, what then? What, what am I to point to? What am I to be a witness of? Thankfully, John, in this first chapter, he kind of gives us some glimpses. He has kind of three essential elements of faith that he goes on later to expound in the rest of the gospel, but we get to introduce to them here, and they're really important as we think about what we appoint to in the world. First is this. Jesus isn't ordinary. Jesus isn't Ordinary. Sometimes we like to pretend like he is. 
Like he's just another guy, like he's a special guy maybe, but that's it. But the truth that we must never compromise is this special relationship that Jesus has with the Father. That's the first thing John points to in his gospel. That's why he spends the first words describing how Jesus' history goes all the way back to the beginning of time. That's why John describes Jesus as having the same power as God, the uh, the creator's power. As the gospel unfolds, this is something that gets brought up again and again. This theme gets returned to this idea that Jesus isn't ordinary. That Jesus is God's great plan for change in our world, for change in our lives. When we get bogged down in our troubles, in our list of tasks, the things that we want to accomplish, especially this time of year, with demands at work and home and all the things that we have going on, when we turn on the TV and we watch the news and we see so many things falling apart around us, so easy for us to lose hope, to be distracted, to forget what John tries to teach us the very beginning of chapter 1, that God is among us, that he's working in us and with us. Second thing that we learn, second theme that kind of gets brought out in uh, the opening chapter of the Gospel of John is that our world is broken The irony of faith is that Jesus came to save the world, but the world rejected him. The brokenness around us is so pervasive, it's so strong. It has such a hold on our minds that when God offers redemption and healing, it's rejected. That's what John says in verse 10. He, Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, John says the world did not recognize him. It's a theme he goes back to. In John chapter 3, verse 18, he records Jesus himself saying this, this is the verdict The light has come into the world, but the world liked darkness, loved darkness instead of the light. This is an important theme because it reminds us, it reminds us that Jesus didn't come to earth to make our lives just a little easier, to make things just a little bit incrementally better. Jesus came as the only hope of a hopeless world. 
third theme that comes out of the Gospel of John. This first chapter is that our only hope, our only hope is complete transformation. Jesus came to bring that to us, complete transformation. John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. In other words, in Jesus, in his birth, in him coming to the world, new possibilities are born to us. God's power is released in a way that it has never been before. But this isn't some self-improvement project. This is work that only God can do. Only God can completely transform our heart and our life. A world today is full of programs, full of plans, full of ideas about self-improvement that are doomed from the start because they only tweak what Jesus says, what God says needs to be redone. John says that God takes the initiative. For God himself becomes flesh. God discloses himself to us, reveals himself. God enters our world bearing truth and grace in order to transform all of those who would accept him. That's what we're to bear witness to. Our words, in our actions, in how we treat our family, our, our co-workers, how we treat strangers. It's to affect, Jesus says, even how we treat enemies. In all of those scenarios, we are to be people who have been transformed by God's radical love for us. John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the first witness that gets described in scriptures. He's the first person to see God's incredible plan. God's incredible plan to uh, transform the world. But one of the things we need to make sure that comes out of this first section of the Bible, especially as we uh, begin to turn our attention to Christmas and what the season means, is John the Baptist might have been the first, but he's not the last. We're called to be witnesses. We're called to be just like John the Baptist, people who point to the light. 
the power of God at work in our world. As we think about this time of year, as we think about the witnesses that John calls us to be here, people who see the uniqueness of Jesus, the power of God coming in human form to us, people who recognize the brokenness of the world, people who have experienced and understand that our only hope is complete transformation of our heart, of our life. That call to witness to those things should be even clearer to us. As we think and pray about those things, about being a witness to those things. I have three keys this morning of God's transformative work in us. Three things for us just to be thinking of, to keep in mind. The first is this. God's desire to transform. God's desire to transform people is always from the inside out. From the inside out in the people around us, from the inside out in us. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus has this section of the Bible where he's warning people Warning people who just work on the outside of their lives so that they look good to others. He says they're like fools who wash only the outside of the cup, but they leave the inside dirty. Our impact on people, our impact on our community, on our family, on people at work, always starts with the condition of our own heart. This morning, do you need to spend some time asking God to work on the inside of you? So that you can be a better witness, you can be a better person that points to the light God at work in and among us. In your family, your place of work, in your neighborhood. God's desire is always to transform from the inside out. That starts with us. Before we can expect to see it in others, we have to recognize it in ourselves. We have to allow God to do that in us. Second kind of key of transformation is that God's transformation is always complete. He doesn't do half works. He doesn't get halfway through and then just quit. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. I love this part. The old has gone away. The new 
is here. God's transformation is total. The old is gone, the new is here. And three, third kind of theme of a transformed heart in life is that a transformed heart leads to a transformed life. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8 says, prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. God looks way beyond our words, way beyond the outside of our lives, way beyond our religious activities, all the way deep inside of us to see if his transformation has taken heart, taken root. And if God's transformation has really taken place in you, in me, what God describes here is that it can't just stay on the inside of us. We can't help it. It comes to the outside. That transformation is complete. It means our words, our actions, our desires, they all line up. They're all the same They all line up with who God is. Let's pray about those things today. Dear God, when we open up the Bible to learn about how Jesus, your son, came to this earth, The first person that we meet is John the Baptist. Somebody who is a witness, somebody who points to what God is up to. God, I don't know how to read that section of scripture and not walk away with the realization that that's what you call us to. that especially in this time of year, we're to be people who don't just kind of repeat a story about a manger and some angels and a miraculous birth. But we're to be people who are pointing to God at work. God at work in us. God at work in our community, and our lives. God, there are so many ways that you are moving and working in our community, in our families, in our hearts. God, give us courage and strength. Give us courage and strength and wisdom to be people who point to that. 
point to what you're up to. That's what's happening here. You're, you're up to something. You're coming into our world. That's the story of your birth. The, uh, the story of Christmas is you coming into our world to do dramatic work, to change us, to change this place. Remind us today to be on the lookout for where you're at work. Remind us that we don't get to keep those things to ourselves, that you call us to be witnesses. In your name we pray.